Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel. Thanks for joining us today. When you get a chance, do me a big favor. Check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. While you're there, check out the all-new and carefully considered 2024 Best Buy list. The list is super handy if you're looking for a new car or truck. And you can stream back episodes of the podcast right there on our homepage. All right, in studio, uh, like a record number of times now. In studio, Jill Simonello. Jill is a managing editor of Pickup Truckless SUV Talk. She's a North American Car of the Year juror, and she does some freelancing stuff. Some some freelancing stuff, yes. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. I, I celebrate both Christmas and Hanukkah, but Hanukkah has long been over. I don't know much about the Hanukkah schedule, but Christmas and Hanukkah do overlap sometimes, do they not? Occasionally. That's more festive. Um, it, it is. It is. You know what I miss? Hmm. I used to work in Morton Grove. Consumer okay. Guide used to be in Morton Grove. It's not anymore. And and we're all remote now. But but uh, Morton Grove is right by Skokie, Illinois. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots and lots of Jewish people live in Skokie. Yes. And one of the things that you used to see, and it seemed unique entirely to Skokie, like these cars okay. didn't leave Skokie, were cars with giant menorahs on the roof. Giant light-up menorahs. I have to say that is not something I've seen. Really? And I've driven through Skokie. Yeah, it, it's, I think it's unique to the season and unique to the location because they don't, I don't think those cars wander out of Skokie. That, that could actually be. Um, I, I, you know, I have seen a number of vehicles uh, driving around Chicagoland with the Rudolph nose on yeah, the grill yeah. and the little antlers sticking out of the windows. But the, the menorah, that's, that's new. I have not seen that. I, I am not Jewish, although I used to enjoy pastrami. And I think that <laughs> it would be okay for me to get one of those menorahs next year. Okay. And strap it to just, the top just, of a test car. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that would that would be that would that would be something. Uh, yeah, no, uh, my husband is Jewish, so that is that is why we uh, celebrate both Hanukkah and. But we, I, I don't get the eight days of gifts though. I want. I, I figure if we're going to celebrate Hanukkah, I should get eight days of gifts. I would. I would see if like you could just get them to consolidate and just get one cool thing. Uh, yeah, but then then we also have Christmas. You know, my husband and I actually do not exchange gifts at Christmas. Yeah, my wife and I don't either. Yeah. We don't. We, I like we do stockings. And and sometimes our birthdays are very close to each other. So sometimes we just do a, like a single gift for the family kind of thing. Yeah. Like one year it was a big screen. Yeah. Funny story there. Uh, under a certain age, you don't call them big screens. You just call them TVs. <laughs> I, I don't know. There are some big... Big there screens. Are. There are, but like when I was a kid, we all had 19-inch black and white TVs. Right. So, we, we, yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right, we should probably talk about some car stuff. Uh, really? Why yeah. would we want to do that? Good news for Honda owners. If you've been feeling left out of all the recall stuff, uh, yeah. you're, you're definitely getting one now. Yeah, 2.5 million uh, of, of the Honda owners out there uh, are going to be getting a lovely notice coming soon. In February. Yes. The, the notices go out in February. They're letting you know about the problem now. It, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal if it happens. <laughs> It's always a big deal if it happens. Yeah, but it hasn't been happening that much. The problem is that it's it's dire and will happen eventually, so you have to get it fixed. But 2019 through 2021. So relatively new. Honda Everythings. Honda Everythings. uh, Your fuel pump's not good. (laughs) 
That, that's kind of a problem. It is kind of a problem. It may fail. It has failed. The problem with the fuel pump, like, oh, that's not a big deal. But it's a big deal if you're driving and it mm-hmm. fails. Because then, you're, <laughs> yeah. then you're done, your car stalls perhaps while you're in traffic, and that's not good. That would be very, very bad. What makes this recall all the more interesting is they had previously recalled about 600,000 2022 cars for the exact same deal. <laughs> so whoops. Yeah. Oopsie. Uh, this is supplier Denso that made these parts. And, and generally, when you think about Japanese parts suppliers, you think like insane quality. Although there was the Takata airbag mess. Oh, yes. And there's another airbag mess looming. Looming, yes. And we'll see where that goes. I don't, I don't want to get into that because we don't know that much about it, but it's a huge number of cars. Is it 25 million cars? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it, every car. It, Just, it, essentially, every car is going to be recalled. Maybe. Because the uh, people who don't remember the Takata airbag mess, and I think that goes back like 10 years now, mm. they had to replace the Jakarta airbags with faulty airbags because they didn't know exactly what the problem was. So there right. actually were multiple rounds of recalls. Yeah, because I mean, essentially with the Takata airbags, what was happening was um, it, they started the recall in like southern states first because it had something to do with like heat and humidity. And yeah. if you were in an accident, the airbag could explode and like send shrapnel into your body. And um, it was it was a very unlovely thing. And people had actually, you know, bled out and died because of this there, there, shrapnel. There were some horrible situations. Yes. Yeah, and it was weird, like you said. The problem was corrosion, and there was a mm-hmm. metal piece over the airbag mm-hmm. part that deployed. It was supposed to flip out of the way, mm-hmm. but because it corroded, it didn't flip out of the way. It broke loose yeah. and, and struck some yeah. people who were supposed to be protected by the airbag. Yeah. So that situation is not over yet, no. actually. We just, I think everyone's got recall fatigue, yeah. including, including consumers. Yeah. So there's that story. Uh, but, you know, if you're a Honda owner and want to know what it's like to experience a recall... You got one coming. Coming soon to a mailbox near you. The thing about this that is crazy is that the the manufacturer has to pay dealerships, I think, their going rate for these repairs. And a fuel pump's not going to be cheap. No. That's probably a couple of hours of labor. No. So if you want to do the math on that, I don't. But It's, <laughs> it's a lot. But if you figure like labor now, 120, 135 bucks an hour times two times two million. Right. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, I, I also want to make sure we stress consumers are not responsible for paying this bill for a recall. No. Um, I think a lot of times consumers get confused because they think, oh, I have to go get my fuel pump repaired. It's going to cost me a lot of money. No, it will cost you nothing. You, when, you're, when your vehicle is recalled, you, you can go in and it is repaired for free. If somebody tries to charge you something for a recall, um, yeah, you, you, that's, that's not correct. There is. I, I wrote it down and then I lost it. But you can you can uh, actually just go to Honda or uh, Acura's websites and just find out there is a place there where you can check the VIN. Yeah, well, I know. But basically, like, it's every. Car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I know um, if you go to nhtsa.gov as well. Yeah. Um, once the recall makes it on their website, which I'm assuming it has, you can go in there and you can type in the VIN of your vehicle, and it'll pop up the information as yeah, well. Yeah, so you can find out now. Formal notices are going to go out in February. Because there are so many, so many of these, mm-hmm. they're going to do them in waves. Got it. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big recalls, we move from big recalls to big trucks. Yes. And you are testing, and I'm just going to read this name now, the uh-huh. Super Duty 2023 F350 SRW, which I want to get back to, 4x4 Crew Cab King Ranch. Yes. 
That's a mouthful. It is. And, and, and the name is like taller than I am, and so is the truck. That is a lot of name. Yeah. Um, it probably doesn't look like that in your registration, but SRW, we should talk about what this truck is anyway. Yeah. This is this is the work truck of work trucks. This is, uh, it's diesel too. So, well, tell us about it. Tell us about the truck. Yeah. So, um, this has the power stroke engine, um, diesel. Uh, it came to me full of gas with more than 600 miles of range, which is one of the huge selling points for um, a truck this big. And it is um, heavy duty, like meant for hauling, towing, you know, doing all of the heavy duty things. Do you, you do. need to tow anything big like a church or a Walmart? <laughs> I, I do not. Because this I do would not. pull that. It, it would totally pull that. Although I'm going to be driving it down to Indianapolis, so it will fit all of the Christmas presents I need to take down in the back. Uh, but it is a full, like the interior of the vehicle is like a full size truck. So there is plenty of room in the cabin, first and second row. So there is no yeah. scrimping on rear seat leg room. And then it has like a full bed in addition to that. And uh, I, I got it yesterday and uh, immediately drove to my gym in the city. And I was just I, dodging bikers in the bike lane. And I opted not to drive down a narrow two-way street because I was like, I'm not going to fit. And I'm, nobody's going to be able to pass me if I do fit. And then I pulled into my parking lot at the gym. And I, like, stuck over the edge of the parking space by, like, a half a car length. <laughs> Yeah, the thing about these trucks, and I don't know that how many people know this, but but there are half ton, yeah. three quarter ton, yeah. and one ton trucks, yeah. and then Ford actually does something bigger. That's the 450 yeah. that they sell as a pickup truck. Yeah. But but overwhelmingly, the pickup trucks you see on the road, especially in the Chicago area, yeah. are half tons. Yeah. F-150, Silverado 1500s, Ram yeah. 1500s, and those are light duty trucks that are very capable, but they're, they're, they're not as wide. No. They're not as heavy duty, and they're much, much more pleasant to drive. They, they are, um, but I will say, even a full size truck—that's that's your um, F one fifty sized vehicles. Those don't fit in most garages. No. So I mean, they're, they're still very big, but also fairly enjoyable. Um, I will say, once I got it, so I it, it was on the highway coming to this to the radio station today, and once I got on the highway. Um, it was it was better, you know. It felt much more oh, comfortable yeah. to drive. They're fine but, trucks, but in the city, um, the, one of the features on the truck is like the camera feature. And while you are driving at speed, you can hit the camera button, and it'll pop on the side cameras. So it'll show you if you're in the lane line. Sorry, I'm like spitting all over the place. I'm so excited about this, but um, it will. Um, <laughs> It will. Yeah, it will show yeah. you that you're in the lane lines. Don't get don't get between a girl and her one ton pickup truck. No, no. But it, oh. I, I, and it's funny because a lot of people will get very far out of the way when they see me coming. But on my way back from the gym last night, I had some dude literally while I had a green light walk right in front of my vehicle and just hold up his hand like that was going to stop me. I mean, it did. But I was just like, wow, that is really brave. Yeah, I have driven big big trucks like this to the health club, and the problem is that the all the Parking spaces are relatively short. Right. And yeah. I have to park like someplace weird or go to the end of the line and park across a couple of, of lanes. But the 350 is a big one. And, and, and interesting thing here, they're often used for towing and yep. they're often used for fifth wheel towing. Yes. Which is where you actually put the hitch receiver in the bed. Yes. And this vehicle would be that, but probably 
uh, making you happy here. This is a single rear wheel. It is. It is. So, so SRW. That's SRW. What the SRW. Yeah. Is. So you don't have the dualies in back. Yeah. Which really narrows the truck. <laughs> Yeah. Because dualies are absurd. They make it hard to corner. Yeah. They ride like crap. Yeah. Usually. And and dualies, like, and it's really funny because I didn't realize that a lot of people don't, like, I I use the word dually in front of my husband who, you know, we own a GTI. And he was like, what in the hell's a dually? And I'm like, oh, you don't know what a dually is. So it's a dual rear wheels. Um, and, And he was just like. Really? That's a dually? And I'm like, yeah. It's a bunch of extra money yeah. to go dually. And, yeah. and there's no reason on earth you would ever do that. Unless you were towing heavy yeah. stuff. Yeah. And really only if you were fifth wheeling. Because yeah. it gets you the big payload as well. Yeah. But if you don't need that, don't do it. It's no. just, just silly. Actually, and the thing about that too is you can just go with an F-250 if you're just going to tow straight from a hitch. Yeah. And get all the same towing capacity. Yeah. But that big... <laughs> to talk about this. If people don't know about the Power Stroke diesel. Yeah. Right? All of the big three sell... Monster diesels. Yes. For exactly this reason, super heavy duty towing. So you've got Duramax mm-hmm. and the Chevy and and the uh, GMC, mm-hmm. and you've got uh, the Cummins and the yeah. Ram, which is the only six cylinder in the bunch. The others are eights. Yeah, and I feel like Cummins was also in the Nissan. Type it was, next but that was a V8. It was weird. Okay. Yeah, it was a smaller one, and then uh, you've got the Power Stroke. Yeah. Which Ford sometimes builds itself and sometimes has Navistar build for them. But I didn't realize these numbers. So I'm just going to just say this. There were two versions of this, and you have the heavy duty. The light duty version (laughs) is 430 horsepower and an obscene 1,050 pound-feet of torque. Yeah. The one you're driving is 500 horsepower. Mm Mm-hmm. And 1,200 pound-feet of torque. Yeah, so no problems accelerating to no. merge with the highway. I'm you just going to say that. You could pull, pull a Walmart across the street. I, I, I probably could. Well, you know, and one of the interesting things I want to say about this truck, because whenever I do a video review of these trucks or, um, you know, I put them on TikTok or something like that, um, I will comment on the interior amenities, you know, the screen, the yeah. leather, the whatever. And invariably, invariably... I will get some dude, and it's always a dude, who is just like, well, you're not looking at it like a truck. This is a truck to do truck things. And I'm like, hmm, how contraire, mon frere. Um, there are a lot of trucks that are there to do truck things. But when you look at the, I have the King Ranch trim. When you look at the King Ranch trim, this is like kind of high end. No, people live with their trucks all the time. People live not, with their trucks and their in family Chicago. vehicles. Not in Chicago, but in Texas. Yeah. I mean, because it's your work truck, yeah. and you buy a separate vehicle, you don't have to. This can be your everyday it can, truck. It can be your everything. And in some place more rural, where parking lots are bigger mm-hmm. and roads are open, and you're yeah. not trying to drive around Chicago in rush hour. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should talk about King Ranch. We got we're running out of time here, but King Ranch is interesting. Uh, uh what what would you like to talk about with the King Ranch? Well, the fact that this is a trim level, right? There yeah. are what five trim levels here. King Ranch is in the high end of the yeah, middle. Yeah, so uh, it's like XL, XLT. Then you've got your Lariat, King Ranch, and then um, was it Limited, then Platinum? That is them. Or platinum, then Limited. Yes, as I have them yeah. written down, and and King Ranch is is a trim level licensed from King yeah. Ranch of a leather purveyor. Yes, and the interior is insane. Yeah, I mean, it really it is so well done, and I, I like. It I also really, it also smells like a cow it, in there in it, a good way. It does, and I've only cow. just started to really like discover the details because I've I've only had the truck for about twenty four hours. But I noticed on my drive here, there's like um, a hand stamped or probably not hand stamped, but a stamped like accent piece on the dash, like in the wood. Yeah, it is, looks like a brand. 
Yeah, I mean, it just and the, and the leather is really cool and comfortable, and you've got that like snake logo that you yeah. know it squiggles on everything. It's just like the finishing touches are amazing. Yeah, and, and again, people do live with these trucks yeah. all the time. Um, but we should we should talk about the price here for a moment too. It's a lot. Yeah, ninety five grand. <laughs> well, that's the as tested. I yeah. think the base price uh, for the King Ranch is um, around seventy eight, seventy nine thousand dollars. And that's with the gasoline engine. Yeah. That engine we just talked about, that big, der- I'm sorry, power stroke engine, mm-hmm. 12 grand. Yeah. 12 and a half grand. <laughs> the thing about that is, that sounds like an insane amount of, of mm-hmm. money. You will get better fuel economy than with the gasoline powered vehicle, yeah. especially if you're towing. Yeah. You get an enormous amount of additional torque. Yeah. And this is the thing that matters. And this is why people almost always go with the diesel. Like the, the, the take rate, despite this insane price, is usually over 50%. You're going to get your money back at resale time. Yeah. People want that diesel, yeah. and it jacks up the price of your your, your used vehicle massively. Yeah. Well, you know, and this this is kind of an aside, but um, the, the truck world is very up in arms about the idea of electric trucks coming yeah. because, you know, they don't tow for distance. They, you know, have problems with hauling, the range anxiety, and then being able to uh, charge while having something hitched up, like that's also a problem because most of the charging stations are pull-ins, not pull-throughs. When 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 Tim Estradal was on our show, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, that that to- charging when you're hooked up to a trailer is a pain, and hooking yeah. up a trailer is a pain. Yeah, um, and and so kind of like to draw it together, what I want to say is diesels will probably be the last engine standing and it, they will be in trucks i yeah. think like I, I think that you are going to have like lifestyle trucks for um people who are doing more lifestyle things you know we've talked about that with like rivian and the ford f-150 lightning but yeah. people who want to tow and haul i think diesels are going to be around for a really long time to come. i think a lot of these these estimates about when we're going to move completely uh electric or any of the government yeah. suggestions that we're going to make the laws, 2035 i don't think that's i think you're still going to see accurate. diesel pickups exactly yeah, heavy duties I agree. Also, heavy-duty pickups are not subject to the same emission standards anyway. So it's yeah. a different class of vehicle. They're understood that they yeah. work. So uh, big truck. I'm sure you're enjoying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, trying to get in and out wearing high heels is super fun. Yeah, I'm driving a nicer car. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right, we should take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the year with Sam Fiorani of Auto Forecast Solutions and get his take on the biggest stories yes. of 2023. Stick around. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. I'm Tom. She's Jill. This is our special Christmas show. Mm-hmm. I and guess it, I hadn't called it that before, but I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a special Christmas show. I'm eating a gingerbread donut. There you go. Is it good? It is good, actually. Yeah. It's really it good. It looks good. It is. It is quite lovely. What's on top looks cream cheesy. I, I think it is like a cream cheese icing. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. My husband could not eat that, but oh. I can. I would totally eat that. Maybe, maybe I will. There's another one. There is a second one. All right. We got a chance to do that. Jill, ask me about X slash Twitter. Uh, can I ask you about just Twitter? Yeah. Okay. What I about miss, Twitter? I miss Twitter. <laughs> I know, right? Twitter went down last night. This isn't going to make sense because we're pre-recording the show, but Twitter went okay. down last night. Oh, okay. People, people were going crazy. 
Okay. But I'm on Twitter. I'm Car Guy Tom on Twitter. I like to do fun stuff. I talk about the news. I talk about my test cars, but mostly the car spotter thing. Okay. That's the draw. The car spotter thing. And do you know what I saw? You're what not going to remember this car until I jog your memory. I will probably still not remember the car, no, but what you, did you saw? You absolutely will because I bet you liked it. Okay. The Golf Alltrack. Oh, the station wagon thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a lifted Jetta wagon. Yeah. I think they had like one model year, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's pretty. It's pre- the, they're not a lot on the road. Yeah. And I, I posted a picture of it. I called it forgotten, and people flipped out. <laughs> like, like I own one. I didn't forget it. It, it. Like a lot of that. So, fun on Twitter. Fun on Twitter. All right, 2023 has been a crazy year. It it has been an interesting year. It's been crazy, and the only person, the only person who can make sense of that is Sam Fiorani of Auto Forecast Solutions. Sam, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? I I am good. I think Jill is good. Yes. We appreciate you making time at the end of the year. I'm sure you're busy, but Sam, remind us what you do at Auto Forecast Solutions. Oh, Auto Forecast Solutions provides uh, analytical and forecast uh, work for the automotive industry. Anyone interested in the in- industry, uh, we supply data and uh, and our services, our uh, wealth of knowledge amongst our team. Now. This this is this, this question just crossed my mind, Sam. Are people asking you to recalculate or reevaluate what's happening in the EV market now that there is a suggestion that EV adoption has slowed down? Well, we've already always been very conservative on the EV adoption. Interesting. Uh, we didn't think it was going to take off the way a lot of people did, and we are reevaluating even our conservative forecast for it. But uh, that's only because we just weren't conservative enough. Uh, it's not that, that no people aren't adopting EVs. It's just that the conversion uh, is slowing down. We're, this, EVs are still growing as, as a market share, but uh, it's not as fast as it was a year ago. Well, I wanted to get your take on something. We'll talk about your picks for the most important stories of 2023, but I want to get your take on something I've been thinking about for a long time, and that's that manufacturers right now look like they, they overcommitted to EV. But if you go back a few years, Mark Fields was fired as CEO of Ford for not being tech enough. And I'm wondering to what extent the, the movement we've seen, real and, and maybe just sort of superficial, towards EVs and other tech, including autonomous vehicles, is driven by shareholder demand. It absolutely is. That's, it's all about how it looks to the shareholders, to the stock market. Uh, car companies have been traditionally undervalued on Wall Street. Yeah. And when Tesla and Rivian and Lucid and everybody else came along and then just took every dollar that Wall Street could give them, uh, Ford and General Motors, who are, you know, asset-heavy companies, just looked terrible in comparison. And so re- re-emerging as tech companies was, was to help their bottom line, to make uh, investors look at them differently. And that's why Cruise is a separate company from General Motors, correct? Uh, Cruise just helped General Motors prop up their own value because they, you know, it was it was supposed to lead them into the next generation of automobiles, and it sadly hasn't hasn't paid off yet. No. All right, Sam. Twenty twenty three. I think you'll agree was a crazy year. What what are to you, in your opinion, what are some of the crazier, most important stories of last year? Well, the one that emerged near the end here was the labor union yeah. uh, negotiations. Uh, both Canada and U.S., which is rare that they've negotiated at the same time, uh, both hit at the same time, and uh, 
shut down a bunch of plants, uh, generated a lot of uh, new income for the workers, uh, things that was well-deserved because they haven't been paid, uh, they haven't been given raises as much as, let's say, executives have over the last decade or so. And uh, they've, they've finally gotten some of what they were due. Do you think then moving forward, actually, I had a question about this for you. When we talk about salaries and what these raises are going to cost General Motors and Ford and, and Stellantis, this sort of discounts the fact that people were probably going to get raises anyway, and they were due raises. So we can talk about this contract as being very expensive, but it wouldn't be reasonable, on the other hand, to assume they would have gotten no raises. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they should have gotten something, and if they just are back on track to where they should have been all along. Uh, over the last 15 years, ever since the, the Great Recession, uh, car companies were floundering. At least that's how it was sold to the union. And so I, the workers didn't get as much raise as they should have. No, and I can't believe manufacturers didn't like already program in something similar to these amounts anyway. Even if these were a little bit greater than they expected, they had to have already believed that this was going to happen. It's it's very likely that it had already been baked in. They they like you said they they there's no possible way that they didn't see this coming, and so putting in fifteen twenty maybe even twenty five percent of raises had to be part of their business plan to start with. Now Sean Fenn and the UAW have leapt after the fact immediately to try and unionize other manufacturers, non union manufacturers. Um, and it's making news right away in the wake, which is interesting, and I guess they're already working on Volkswagen. Do you see any possibility of success here? It's unlikely. Uh, the main reason is that everybody's being proactive and raising salaries of their workers. So if, they, if all the workers in all the prospective plants have narrowed the gap between what they got before and what the UAW gets now, they will keep the employees happy enough to keep the union at bay. Uh, if anyone lags behind, you know Sean, President Fain and UAW are going to walk right in there and, and organize. Yeah, this will be interesting to watch. Even even Tesla has given big races out, was it just this past week? Yeah, and and Toyota gave two this year. They gave one in September, and they're going to give another one in January. That That's how important this has been to every manufacturer. Wow. All right, what else was big this year? Well, we're getting more vehicles on lot. This is a great thing for consumers. Uh, apparently not such a great thing for dealers because dealer <laughs> profits are down a little bit. But they had been very high previously. And uh, uh, everybody knows that. Anyone who's been shopping for a car knows that dealer profits have been high because they've been tacking on uh, additional charges for the past two or three years. So now we're, we're getting back to a point where people can negotiate a price on a vehicle. And uh, and and hopefully get the vehicle they want off the lot because inventories have risen to reasonable levels as opposed to being very scarce, which they were just two years ago. We're starting to see rebates too, aren't we? There, you'll see a lot of deals, especially on the commercials now, where uh, vehicles like Jeeps are being advertised at uh, at or below uh, uh, invoice. It's uh, it's amazing that I, I saw a Ram ad the other day where they advertised. Uh, Ten uh, percent off of uh, MSRP. Wow! Yeah, this used to be the time of the year, and, and we're not quite there yet. But I remember you used to see ridiculous incentives on big trucks. Uh, right. so this, this is the time of the year where they would traditionally introduce the new models, so yeah. they would want to yeah. get rid of them. But uh, over the last 
oh, let's say 20 years or so, the model years have shifted so much that that everything doesn't come in at the same time anymore. I saw something recently, and I can't remember the vehicle, but someone on Twitter had noticed that a vehicle that was brand new was launched at what they thought was a lofty price, but was already being rebated by $1,000. And and I thought that originally, once upon a time, it was not uncommon for a manufacturer especially on, on a car that might be just a little bit on the high out, just a little bit out of reach of the average consumer, to put like a grand on it so they could apply that to their down payment and would more easily qualify for a loan. Oh, absolutely. Back when I sold vehicles, which was, you know, generations ago, <laughs> uh, that was part of the package. When you when a person came in there, they used that rebate as their down payment so that they didn't have to actually put any cash down at all. Yeah, I sold cars in 1991, and to pay for the Ford Ranger that I purchased, which was totally badass, four-liter four liter engine, five-speed manual, uh, but I needed the rebate. <laughs> yeah, I sold cars about the same time, and even then I couldn't afford a new car, so I had to go buy a used Miracor. <laughs> that is the second time this month someone has mentioned a Miracor. Our friend Jennifer Newman at Cars.com spotted one in a Walmart parking lot. I don't even ah. know what that is. It, it was a Mercure Scorpio. I couldn't believe it, but she, <laughs> she got a picture of it. No, no, I had my XR4 Ti. That was excellent. A, it was a, uh, the shortest lived car in my entire fleet ever. <laughs> I don't know if I knew you had a, an XR an XR4 Ti, but if anyone I knew had one, I would guess it was you. <laughs> if there's a car out there with, that they either canceled or the brand went away. I had it. <laughs> the closest I come to that is having owned a Saab. What other, what other news stories struck you this year, Sam? Uh, it, it's just been an up and down year. We've, we've seen sales uh, that have been much stronger than expected. Uh, we had to dial up our sales forecast for this because it, the economy wasn't supposed to be this strong. Uh, we never anticipated a recession this year, but we didn't re- we didn't expect. Uh, the growth that we've seen, uh, it, it's its confounding a lot of economists, uh, myself included. But uh, um, we didn't, like I said, we didn't expect the recession to hit that some people had expected. Right. But uh, the growth has been very strong. And to me, the, the strength of the growth is coupled with the fact that, that prices haven't come down that much. Or the average price of a vehicle is still somewhere around $50,000 which means they're not selling a lot of inexpensive vehicles, and they are selling a lot of sixty and $70,000 vehicles and keeping the whole market going. Uh, the fact that buyers are out there when interest rates have, have risen, uh, making less money for everybody to have to, uh, to purchase a vehicle, and coming out and still buying you know, $50,000 and $60,000 trucks, it, it's amazing. It is crazy. I don't want to get political here, but I do want to make a point, and that's that there's been a lot of naysaying and a lot of prediction that we were going to have a hard fall and that the economy was going to slip into a deep recession. And and uh, there's there's some evidence to suggest that all of these ridiculous rate hikes by the Fed were a good idea. Like, <laughs> like we haven't had a problem. And it seemed ridiculous, and everyone was contradicting the Fed on this point, and they kept raising the <laughs> interest rates a lot. And 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 we seem to be okay. And yeah, traditionally, the the interest rates are ri- are raised to to keep inflation at bay and and to keep everything uh, in check. And traditionally, 
the Fed is behind the ball. They're, they're, they raise it too many times, and then they have to bring it back real quick to, to fix everything. And this time it looks, knock on wood, it looks like everything has come at the right time. Yeah. So they're, they're going to lower the rates uh, next, come next year, and everybody's happy about it at this point. So uh, right now the day supply of vehicles on the ground is getting pretty close to where it should be, right? We're like 80 90% of what would normally be normal. But sales are still off of their, their peak, right? They were in the high 17 million or mid-17 million a few years ago pre-COVID. Are we going to see a return to those numbers, or are manufacturers going to kind of hold the line on production? Because well, what, what are we supposed to see this year, like 15-4? They, uh, I believe I, our number is around 15.4 this year. Um, but going forward, manufacturers claim they learned their lesson that they can sell more. They can sell fewer vehicles and make more money. <laughs> but you know how capitalism works. You know, yeah. the, one dealership <laughs> is fighting with the next dealership down the street, and they're going to want to sell one more than they sell. And the numbers are just going to keep creeping back up. Uh, when we ex- anticipated inventory levels that were going to be well below 60 days, which was the traditional goal. Uh-huh. Uh, we're now, last month, we were around 51 days. So we're creeping right back up to where the industry has traditionally been. And uh, we're, this is, it's all working back to a level playing field where uh, everything has been in years past. Uh, getting back to 17 million, we're not seeing that for a few more years. Uh, the growth is still there. There's still room under 17 to get there, but uh, with the prices, with uh, the current higher interest rates, we don't see 17 million in the immediate future. Can I ask you to make a couple of Tesla predictions? Sure. All right. If you could tell us how likely it is that Tesla will actually ever produce a $25,000 car, <laughs> I guess they're calling that the Model 2, and, and what's going on with that factory in Mexico that doesn't exist yet? Well, they both are the same story. Okay. The Mexican plant would be the one to build uh, an inexpensive model for the U.S. market. So uh, if you're not going to build this Mexican plant, which right now it's on hold, uh, that pushes the the less expensive model uh, a few more years back. Uh, $25,000 for the U.S., that's very questionable. Well, by the, you know, General Motors said they were going to sell a $30,000 electric Equinox. Right. Well, it's going to be closer to 40 by the time all is said and done. So a $25,000 Tesla is likely going to be over 30 when by the time it gets here. Well, I mean, you just look at what they did to the uh, the Cybertruck. You know, it was supposed to be a $40,000 truck, and right now it's selling for $100,000. So. If we if we do that math, we're going to talk about a forty thousand dollar entry level Tesla. Yeah, I I, I find that interesting um, that they think that they can build a twenty five thousand dollar vehicle. It is funny though when this works the way manufacturers kind of expect it to, and demand doesn't ultimately drive prices to stay higher. And the Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer are the best example of this. They came mm-hmm. out arguably overpriced. Yeah. Good products, mm-hmm. I would argue, especially with the new Hurricane 6. Mm-hmm. But the Wagoneer, the cheaper version of that, the Series 1 didn't exist for a while. <laughs> that would have been the cheapest version of it. There's a Series 1, Series 2, and Series 3. And they didn't build it. They didn't build it. And all of a sudden, they built it. 
Right. And it's surprisingly affordable relative to the rest of the lineup. And then they entered, there's some like mid-travel level they're adding now. It might be carbon. We've joked about carbon before. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of automakers start with the highest end product first. You know, the... Oh, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I yeah. mean, when you look at, what is it, the, um, you know, the Chevy EV, uh, not the Blazer, the Silverado EV, like they're... Selling the RS. Oh yeah, hundred and five grand, I think. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, and then the work truck is going to be coming, but it's not the base work truck. It's like the work truck number four <laughs> or whatever. There's still going to be like seventy five thousand dollars. So, you know, you always want to start with your highest margin of profit first, and then bring in the lower cost options. I want. We're seeing that in, in the marketplace here because everybody keeps talking about this. You know, nearly fifty thousand dollar average vehicle. Part of that is propelled by the fact that we don't have any entry level models anymore. Yeah. There are no. There are very few models that you can buy under twenty thousand uh, dollars, and good luck finding one on a dealer lot. Right. So the the whole thing has been skewed north of fifty thousand dollars with EVs, with heavy, with big trucks, with all these things that have been pushing the price above fifty thousand dollars, and it, it's just skewing the price forward just by not having something at the low end. Sam, we're running out of time, but one more question about affordability, actually, and, and electric vehicles. And that's that obviously it now pays off because you will qualify for the federal tax credit to lease your electric vehicle. Do you think consumers will embrace leasing? I think they are embracing leasing, mainly because manufacturers are pushing it. Okay. And uh, it's always been on the table. It, uh, I, when I worked at a Ford dealership, I couldn't understand how they could afford to lease these vehicles so cheaply. And now it's it's being helped by government incentives, and uh, uh, especially on imported electric vehicles. So the the idea is, as long as they push the the seventy five hundred dollars through to the end user, it's a cheap and easy way to get that seventy five hundred dollars off your vehicle. There you go, Sam. We thank you. We thank you for a year of making us smarter people. I enjoy coming on here. You guys are great. This is the best podcast and radio show available on uh, the automotive topic. Well, thank you for saying that. Remind us. Rem oh, yes. I, I was just going to say, I want to thank you, Sam, for correcting Tom on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. She is most uh -huh. amused by text during recording. Yes. <laughs> so, Always fun. Yeah. So keep the, if, you, if you text me about a mistake during the show, then I don't have to correct it the following week. <laughs> I'm your on-air fact-checker. Uh, uh, fact-checker, fact yep. Well, we appreciate that. Remind us real quick about Auto Forecast Solutions. Uh, Auto Forecast Solutions provides uh, data and analytic, analytical services to the automotive industry. Uh, you can check us out at, on LinkedIn uh, at our website at autoforecastsolutions.com. Sam, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you guys. Enjoy. All right, that was Sam Fiorani. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's quiz time. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. This is the Car Stuff Podcast. We're back. I'm Tom. She's Jill. It's quiz time. But first, uh, uh, Jill, um, what is it we talk about now? <laughs> you um, issue a long-suffering sigh, and then, <sighs> there it is, yeah. and then ask me about my social media. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I, do, I do all of the things. 
You you can find me on. I do all the things. I do all the things. I'm not just a Twitter X person. Um, you can you can find me there. Ouch. I'm I'm not just one of those, but yeah. you can find me there. But I'm I'm on Threads. I'm on Post. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the things. And uh, you just my name Jill Simonello. Or um, more more likely, the easier way to find me is probably going to be searching for the hashtag Card Azure. There you go. Um, I, you know, about Twitter X, again, I don't want to get political, but there are now fewer people there. Yeah. And fewer good people, too. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm, no, I'm noticing an, an increase in sort of trolls? snarky trolls. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of bumming me out. So So when are you joining threads? Uh, well, I, don't I have to join Instagram first? Uh, I think it will probably automatically create an account for you if you oh, do so that. Much work. But you don't have to feed it. Oh, so. There are a lot of people on Instagram who just lurk. Yeah, and too- I like I like lurking on Instagram because there's a lot of good photos there. It's not political uh, for the most part. Uh, I just I'm there for the pretty photos. I just the, the, again I don't like change. And Twitter and Facebook were first. And Life is change. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Get and, over it. And and speaking of change, changing topics on the quiz. I think that's a great way to go. Okay. I think it keeps people engaged and it keeps you on your toes. Okay. Changing topics. What? By the way, this is quiz one ninety nine. Ooh. Next episode. Next episode. Two hundred. Two hundred. We didn't really plan to celebrate. No. But we have a great guest. We do have a great guest. All right. It's quiz time. Are you ready? Okay. I, I sure. You want to guess what the topic is? It's not changing topics. It's it is a changed topic. Okay. No, I what? Okay, today's topic is station wagon or suburb of Omaha. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a proper noun. You need to tell me if it was the name of a popular brand station wagon. Okay. Or is it a suburb of Omaha? Okay, and I just want to say I am familiar with neither of those things. Oh. Yeah. No, I like hanging around Omaha. Uh, yeah. No, My no. boss lives in Nebraska, but not Omaha. He'll appreciate this. He may or may not appreciate this. All right, number one. <laughs> okay. Number one. All right. Is this a station wagon, a popular brand station wagon, or a suburb of Omaha? By the way, everything in Omaha is spread out, so I'm using suburb loosely. Okay. So we'll say within So it could actually miles. be like eight hours away? No. Okay. An hour. Okay. All right, are you ready? All right. Colony Park. I need you to define popular. Um, I guarantee you there's nothing secret on this list. Okay. Yeah. Nothing secret. Nothing secret, nothing obscure. Um, I'm going to go with suburb. No. Colony (laughs) Park was a popular Mercury station wagon between 1957 and 1991. Ah, before I was born. Got it. Well, still, they're out there. Okay. And collectible. All right. Um, Jill? Yes. You have no points. Your favorite phrase. Yeah. The favorite thing for you to do along with that long-suffering sigh before my social media. Colony Uh, Park. That is a car. Uh, Ready? uh, Sure. Glenwood. I know that is a suburb of some place, but was it also... It has to be, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I, I feel like... It's it's a suburb of St. Louis, maybe. Um, But is it also a suburb of... Uh, Omaha. Omaha. I'm, I'm, I'm going with suburb. It is. Okay. Located 37 miles southwest of Omaha, population 500, Glenwood. All right. You're on the board. You get one point. All right. I'm and you, you, you need to explain how this works. Yep. There are five questions plus mm-hmm. a bonus question. You need to get three total. Okay. Uh, uh, 
in, including the bonus question. You can question. apply the bonus okay. question to your total. Okay. Uh, and I have one point. You have one point. Which and, is better than no point. And you have four opportunities to get two more. Yes. Greenbrier. I know that is a suburb somewhere, but the question is Omaha or not. I'm, I'm going with suburb. It is not. Okay. It was a uh, station wagon based on the Malibu between 1969 and 1972. And before that, it was a version of the Corvair. It was a Corvair van. <sighs> I think I'm just going to answer all of these as suburb. Uh, you could do that. <laughs> you have one point. You're getting, okay. It's getting, it's getting skinny now. Oh, uh, yeah. Fremont. I'm still going suburb. It is a suburb. Located 43 <laughs> miles northwest of Omaha. Pretty big. 27,000 people. You have two points. This is less scary for you now. Still last, a full count. Almost. Last regular question. Are All you right. ready? Bermuda. I know it's like a country. There's a Jamaica something in New York. What is it? Jamaica. Hmm. I'm just thinking of. Jamaica me crazy? No, no. Bermuda. Bermuda. Car or suburb? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Su- uh, no, I'm gonna go car. It is a car. The Bermuda was the Edsel station wagon only in 1958. Pretty crazy looking. I think you could do a tritone color thing on that. Uh, very, very, very collectible now. Very rare. So, so Tom, what does that mean? You've won. Woohoo! Yeah. You've got three points. You've won the bonus question. Did not guess them all as suburbs. You didn't? No, most of them. All right, bonus question, which always has something to do with the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have four names here. Okay. Uh, and I forgot the website this is according to. <laughs> okay. Let's assume it's legit. The world according to Tom. Yeah, four, three of these may uh, are Father Christmas names from around the world. Okay. One of them is fake. Okay. <laughs> you need to identify Great. the fake name. Are you ready? Yes. Papa Noel. I know that one's real. Sinterklaas. Okay. Babo Natale. Ombre Ducaze. <laughs> okay, that last one can't be real. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, I, that can't. Ombre. Yeah, no. Uh, it only would have been better if it had been like Hefe. Mr. Cheese, which is a great job if you can get it. Uh, yeah, uh, Papa Noel is Spanish, uh, Sinterklaas is Dutch, and Baba Natale is Italian. You have won. I'm signing this. We have a couple of minutes left. All right. We're going to start a topic in the next podcast, but I'm just going to ask you right now, just generally speaking. Okay. 2023. Any vehicles that you, you drove, experienced, were presented to that kind of surprised you in a good way? In a good way. Um, you know, I would say that there are probably two vehicles that really, well. This is a prelude to next episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, there's three vehicles that really, I would say, stuck out for me. Um, right. Two are electric. One was gasoline. All right. All were SUVs. Um, so that's all that's left. I know it is all that's left. Um, but I, I would say the the three most significant vehicles that I drove this year were probably the Kia EV9, uh-huh. the Volvo EX30, and the Chevrolet Trax. Interesting collection of cars. Yeah, I think actually those those are really a nice representation representation of the market too, right? So you had a big electric crossover, mm-hmm. and like the first more or less mainstream electric three row crossover. Yep. And then the very affordable Volvo. Yep. Which has a really weird political story behind it. Right. Because to sell it for that price, they've got to do some crazy stuff. Right. Including export cars from the U.S. to China. Yeah. 
So that's crazy. And then uh, the tracks. Yeah. I I liked the old tracks. I did not. No, no, most people didn't. Yeah. And it had a fatal flaw, and we may have talked about this before. You couldn't lower the rear seats. Right. If the front seat was back any distance. Like maybe you could behind you driving it, <laughs> but most True. people know. Yeah. And I think that was a fatal flaw because it dug into the space. Yeah. And, and the rear seat was kind of useless anyway. Yeah. So the new tracks. Amazing. Holy cow. I know. I am, um, um, the price, it's priced in the low 20s. Yeah. And like all in with like the active trim or whatever, the, the top tier trim, it's still like $24,000 or something like that. It's crazy. Do you remember, and we will wrap up the show with this wackiness, do you remember the Spark? I do. The Spark Active? I do not. <laughs> so so Chevy came out with a with a trim level called the Active. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me laugh because it, it made the Spark, this tiny little Korean-built you know, hatchback, that was selling for a price, got good mileage. It wasn't a terrible car. Right. But but they, they, they put a roof rack on it and made it look like they'd raised the ride height and put some fender flares on it. And they called it the Active, and it was supposed to look like a crossover. Well, you know. And the funny thing about that is it, I guess that would appeal. And, and, like, we can laugh about that, right? But Subaru sells the Impreza at the Crosstrek, and they sell four times more <laughs> Right. Crosstrex they do Impreza. However, I called Chevy one day. I wanted to write about the active because it kind of made me laugh. And I'm like, I want to know the take rate. And I kept waiting for someone to get back to me, and they wouldn't get back to me. And then I got a, an email that said two. 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 And I'm like, two? What, what's two? And I'm like, is that 20%? Is that a typo? And they're like, no, it's 2%. <laughs> Oh, 2%. I was going to say only two people bought it, but 2% well, still not good. That's not that far off, actually. Right. But it just made me laugh because... It, you can't sell, you can't sell like bargain shoppers, right? Uh, an upgrade SUV looking thing, right? I guess. All right. Uh, I think that's everything we got. Yeah. So we need to do some thanking, and I wanted to thank the guys at the Sons of Speed. Oh yeah, they've they filled in for me a lot this year. Yeah, and great guys, right? And I yes, they're great, entertaining, and love having them on when I can't be here. Yeah, Paul and Brendan, thank you very much. I wanted to thank Larry Knudsen. Yes. Who who constantly emails me with stuff, which which very much like Sam keeps me correct. (laughs) Because one of the things I didn't really understand was how this was going to work with the new charging, the federal charging stations. Right. But, but we talked about that, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. And Larry made sense of that for me. So that's great. I want to thank producer Randy and the good folks here at TalkZone. They make us sound good. Yes. I want to thank you for making the trek out here. Yes. From Chicago. It's two hours. Actually, it's like three hours of my day, an hour to get here, an hour to record, and then an hour to go home. And Just then, so you know. And then an hour to, to bitch to your husband about what a jerk I am. Yes. So that Because I don't like you. <laughs> Clearly, don't like you. Again, read read our reviews. <laughs> and write better ones. <laughs> right. Yes, please, write better reviews. Because, by the way, I do, in fact, like Tom. My wife, uh, I talked my wife into reviewing us, full disclosure. Okay. She gave us four stars. I'm like, there's five. There's five available stars. Why did she only give us four? You're my wife. Our future depends on this. Maybe it doesn't entirely depend. She on only this. gave us four. Yeah, I think it was because of you. <laughs> she likes me. Right. She and I share a name. All right, that's all we've got of the special holiday edition. Yes. All right, we'll be back next week with a special guest, my daughter. Yes. My daughter joins us next week, and if you want to know why, you'll have to listen next week. Yes. All right, this is the Car Stuff Podcast. Let's talk more about cars again next week. Next week. 
remember to check us out at consumerguide.com. The Car Stuff Podcast is produced by J-Turn Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. 